Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. In today's conversation, I have my friend Aaron Ringering with me. Not only does he have one of the coolest last names I've ever heard, but this man is one of the most loyal, faithful, consistent, and character-filled individuals that I have gotten the pleasure of meeting. He's become a great friend. He's a fellow younger pastor, husband, dad, and uh, a lot more. And I'm just really thankful for his impact on my life. Aaron's one of those guys where I, when I look around me in my life, the season that I'm in, the assignment that I've am, I'm in, the calling I have, uh, it, there's not a lot of people that I can look around and say, this person totally gets it in almost every single category, except for Aaron Ringering. Uh, as somebody who's called to be a pastor, he's newly a lead pastor, again, married, has family, a young family, loves the outdoors. He's just my kind of guy, and he just gets the stuff that I'm in and that I'm walking through. And, uh, and really, he had a huge and pivotal part in the seed that was planted in my heart a few years back to really what led to me being open to stepping into a role as a lead pastor in my present situation. And I'm really thankful for his impact. So beyond that, him and his wife, Beth, and their family have navigated and overcome some extremely difficult situations that they've walked through with not only just a great level of integrity, faith and trust in the Lord, but honesty and vulnerability. And I know it's going to be one of those stories that impacts a lot of people, especially those that are going through something similar in their life. I can't wait for you to check out this conversation. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. I am with my friend Aaron Ringering today on the podcast. Dude, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's, thanks. It's been... Uh, it's been an interesting journey because <laughs> there's been lots of... Um, Are you a, a podcast guy that is always moving your microphone? Probably. If I were to look back on it, I'm sure that that's a, like a nervous tick kind of yeah. thing where it's like, it's unnecessary, but there's always that feeling of like, it could be a little bit better. I do that. Yeah. I, I always adjust my headset. When you preach? Always. Um, part of why you're here, man, you know, as I've been doing this podcast over this year is having conversations with 52 different people who've made an impact on my life. Uh, part of this 52 project. One of the, as I've learned what it feels like and is like to be a lead pastor now for about two years, um, I recognize when I look around my life, there's not a lot of people that I could look around at and go, they get it. Mm -hmm. They get it not only like the role, and the pressures or the demands or the, 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 the uh, impact or the, you know, all of the positives and negatives, but they also get it in this season yeah. of like their generation is similar to mine where we're in the same one and then they've got a family or they're married and have kids and they're figuring that out. And so like when I look around, I recognize that there's few and far between people represented in that space. You're one of those people. And in addition to that, like, I like you. <laughs> and That's fair. Yeah. And you're, you know, I think part of what I recognize too is that like, it's rare to find those people that not only do you 
you know they get it and you can kind of bring any of what you're going through to them and they're not gonna be like what are you what are you talking about this doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense they're gonna they're gonna be right there um but that there's also a resonance of like heart and soul with just how you look at life and and ministry but like how you look at loving your wife and loving your kids and being the man God's called you to be and so you you hold a really unique space in my life because although our time together isn't like consistent in sure. a, and like it's it's um duration or it's amount but when I think about that person it, it, that represents what I just communicated you're there yeah and there's just not many people there um so when I thought about this project and like how to have conversations with people that have made an impact in my life, I recognize you, you hold that role. And, um, and so that's part of what I was like, man, I want to have a conversation with him. Cause he's, he's, he's the only other person on the planet right now in my context and in my season that, that gets it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, um, there's a, a uniqueness, um, to how well, like lifestyle, age, job, yeah. uh, hobbies, all the things that, um, you and I probably hold really well in common, um, which I, I think I noticed really early on in, in meeting you was like, man, we were right there with kids. We're right there with, yeah. with length of marriage, where we're at in ministry being, yeah, we started starting with, as, as youth pastors right. together. Um, same kind of hobbies, enjoy it, hunting, fishing. We played right. golf this morning, like right. yeah. those type of, of things, um, where there isn't, you know, an, we were just at a conference with, you know, a thousand other pastors right. and like how many people like, you know, I guess check those. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as many of those boxes. Totally. Right? Yeah. And then, and then there's, there's the genuine like proximity, which contributes to a lot of that as well. Like obviously there could be some of those people out there, but they live four or five hours away or whatever, different state away. And then I have to take a step back and go, okay, there's some sovereignty of God to that. Like I'm not by anybody. I'm, I am by you. Yeah. And, um, it just continues to increase the gratitude of like, man, thankful for this guy, thankful for, for his family and for his ministry. And so before jumping in more to to the, the conversation, and I have tons of things like I'd love to just dive into because of, again, you, you can get this more than anybody else and being able to like get me and all of this world, but uh, is for you to actually do more of an introduction to yourself sure. because I'm sure yeah. people, you know, they might have inferred already like, yes, you're our pastor and some of those things, but, but just introduce yourself for those that have no clue who Aaron Ringering is and what you're in this, what season you're in, who you're connected to, that kind of thing. Yeah. Love to do that. Uh, like Chase said, my name's Aaron Ringering. Uh, I am a, a pastor. That's uh, my vocation. I feel like lifelong um, calling. I'm 32 years old, so I feel like I'm, I'm fresh and young. I'm still under the age that Jesus was crucified at, so I still got tons of time to go, right? Yes, sir. Let's go. Um, you know, Jesus started his ministry at 30, so right. we're, like, we're in the, the prime spot. That's so, like. Come on. I'm holding on to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Um, When's your birthday? December. Okay, so I'm 32. That's right. We're we're really close. Right there. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Um I have a, a wife and two kids. Um Beth, who is just an amazing uh person, probably the strongest person that I have ever encountered. Um and um a oldest son, Jason Harlan Ringering. Um I'm a big fan of middle names. Yeah. Like we uh we use middle names of our kids all the time, not just cuz they're in trouble. <laughs> uh and then that's that's a 6-year-old daughter, Eleanor Fern. Hmm. ringering so um that's me pastor um i i always 
I always say I pastor a small church, but like when I, when I actually start to um, examine or I'm in, like we were at a conference um, this week, a, a pastor, a pretty medium um, sized church, yeah. if not actually large, it's probably right. the largest church in our community. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, th- there was, there were some statistics that were out before COVID that like the average church size in America was somewhere between 90 and a hundred like, across the board. Yep. And so, I mean, obviously since COVID that, that I'm sure that has been impacted. So yeah, I would agree that medium size is probably pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah. Growing up at like a, a church, like living water, um, in that, in that sphere, uh, doing conferences and things like that in camps, I always felt like living water was a small church which is like, it's not a small church, right. <laughs> you know, like right. in, in the scale of like the U S and stuff, it's a big church. Yep. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been in that lead pastor role uh, where you are at in, in at Crossroads? about 18 months? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm fresh. Yeah. Come like, on. I feel good. I haven't pushed the eject button. Yeah. No. All right, that there's been other statistics I've heard out there just about the the average duration. I think this probably is in the support ministry roles to the lead pastors, like that outside of the lead pastor role, but that there's somewhere between like 18 months to 24 months is the average dur- duration of stay before there's some form of transition and or a exit completely. Um, when it comes that's to wild, it is wild, and I, you know, I think again that's pre-COVID. I wonder what it looks like now in that space, but the fact that you're still in and like you're saying you're fresh is, you know, is in, a big all, deal. in all honesty, like thinking about that in, you know, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm going to go where the Lord has it. for me and, um, you know, I'm going to go where he calls and right. if he, he calls us out of this. Then so he calls us out of this, sure. but like in all honesty, like, um, I, I would say 10 years is minimum. I feel like, uh, at my age, and and ministry where we're at like i'm thinking by 10 years we're just gonna be getting started yeah like we're just gonna be really like getting into the groove with staff and like all those type of things where like uh, we can have a, a well-oiled ministry yeah. happening and and really seeing the fruit from what's happening in you know year one to five yeah start to see that fruit at year 10 so yeah. i'm like 10 years is is minimum and then but i'm thinking like why not 2030? Right. Why not be in, in the same place for a long time? Right. I love that. But I love that. That's mentality. just been my attitude and commitment through careers and things like that. Yeah. I want to stick around. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, and people that know you obviously would be able would be able to attest to this. Like that, that is who you are. Like, you're not just saying that, like your, your character, your loyalty, your like stick is, is solid and, and, and pretty uncommon. I would say for a lot of the people in our generation, young thirties, um, and, and that there's, so that's definitely something that I have respected from, from the get go. One of the, <clears throat> when I think about impact as well, like for you in my life, there, there was a significant uh, pivot that happened in my life when I, um, we, we had this kind of youth pastor coffee, uh, we had, I don't know, one, once or twice Amber a month or so. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> shout out Amber Good. Shout out to the crew, the original OG crew that was there. I think I, Ryan O'Neill. I, I don't even think I was a part of the original crew, but maybe Alec. I was. No, you were yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, Wes Alec, uh, Kyle Stutzman Kyle was Stutzman. there for a bit too. And then Tyler Ryan's guy, I think came a couple times too. Yeah. Um, am I missing anybody? I don't want to miss anybody. Anyway, we had youth pastor kind of we were all youth pastors in different churches different times and kind of came together and in one of the days i think that nobody else was there but you and i uh because that's what i have in my mind the moment i'm about to talk about so there was this point where we were 
I think that the conversation started coming around like, dude, could you like, could you see yourself doing anything other than ministry? Like what could it, like if you were to like look at that world and we started to talk about that a little bit and there were some like outdoorsy things. I think we mm-hmm. were really kind of resonating and connecting on then that. Then the, or even finding like avenues outside of the church. Right. You know, where like real quality ministry can happen in totally. the outdoors. Yes. Totally. Things yeah. Like that, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just a conversation of like ministry escapism yeah. as much as it was rethinking, is there more we could do that also fills our tank? Yeah. Right. Um, b- but I will be candid and say like at that season of my life, there was a sense of like, okay, I don't, I think I don't remember where we were in the COVID world of things, but I was like this, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how long, I don't know how long I'll be in this because of just where I was at personally. I don't remember, I'll never forget the next time we got together and we kind of had a one-on-one or ketchup or coffee or something. You had, um, I felt like something had shifted and it wasn't that you were in the same place that I was mm-hmm. about like what it could look like if you weren't in full-time ministry anymore. Um, but I remember us broaching the subject about like ever being lead pastors or if, like you were in your yeah. situation and that was an opportunity to step out of the youth pastor role maybe one day into that world or at a different church. And I remember feeling like, no, there's just no, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the benefit outweighing the con, the pro outweighing the con in regards to just the cost, right? You sure. mentioned, you mentioned yeah. some of that before the podcast and you, you were a part of depositing those first seeds in my mind and heart that I really look at and I go, the Lord, that was totally a super, supernatural is the Lord because of what ultimately ended up happening of like, but like, what if he did? why not? Like you, why, why couldn't you do it differently? You know, or when it came to being a lead pastor Mm -hmm. where I heard you start talking about it for your life and what it could look like and something shifting to you seeing the opportunity to impact people and to, to pastor people and grow people. And, and, and it was that, that seed that ultimately I really do believe had stayed you know, maybe it was even dormant for a while, but stayed in there to that when the moment came for us to pray about and consider um, stepping into the lead role here at our church, that there was something there that had already kind of begun from conversations with you yeah. previously that I was like, maybe I could. And and Aaron gets this and he's got a similar heart and stuff with things I like and whatever and, and a young family and he's counting the cost. And if he feels like he could do this, and come out on the other side better or healthier, and his family's not going to just go through the meat grinder of life because of it, then, like, maybe I could, too. Yeah. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Publicly. You know, I've told you that to an extent privately, but, like, I, I don't think we would have been in the same posture. I'm, I, I Maybe one day our hearts would have got there, but, like, it was more ready to get there sooner with the opportunity that God gave us to say yes to this assignment to lead Living Water Lacey because of the seeds that had been deposited that I probably would have been so far from that at that time. So um, your words carried a lot of weight and, and then your, obviously your actions have followed up on those words in your own life in a way that made me, you know, highly respect and um, admire that in you. So that needed to be communicated because like I'm, I'm in, I'm in that role right now as a, a lead pastor, a campus yeah. pastor, but leading this congregation that, um, your words directly impacted. So thank you, bro. Yeah. I remember that season of, um, it wasn't, it wasn't shaky or any, anything like, um, 
substantial. Uh, however, it was kind of like one of those um, seasons in life where you're you're kind of saying like, I, I want to play the long game, and I don't want to like be somewhere that I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, and miss out on the time, like in in traction of somewhere I'm supposed to be. Right. And so like really spending time with the Lord of saying like, where am I supposed to be? Um, and so I will, I will fully accredit like that shift that you talked about for me of like, well, let's see, you know, is there something different? I don't know. Like kind of questioning that and kind of just, just, you know, wondering Lord, what is, is it youth ministry? Is it something outside the church? Um, where I, um, can grow, you know, whether it's a, a business or, or something like that, that can give back to the church and, you know, what is the, the thing? And, um, or is it, cause I, I wanted to know from the Lord, like if it, if this is like senior leadership within the church, like I want to know and I want to start pushing right. towards that. Right. And so that's what we were kind of toying with. Is it, is it here? Um, or is it somewhere else? these kind of two options. And I remember I'll give the credit to my wife on this. Uh, I love the way that, uh, the Lord will, will speak through my wife yeah. a lot of the time, but you know, we were a, a week or so of like really like talking through and talking through. And finally, um, I had a home office at the time and it was like a, a Monday or something. And she's like, go into your office and don't come out until you've heard from the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that you have heard from the Lord. Uh, and so I did, I went into my office and I, and I prayed and I prayed and prayed and I was just seeking the Lord for a word. I wasn't like, not necessarily a specific position or thing like that. And the only thing that God spoke was senior pastor. It wasn't like senior pastor crossroads. It wasn't like go plant a church. It was just, here is your long-term tra- trajectory. Yeah. I want you to start being mindful of that. So I, I did, I, I took that and then I went, I went to our senior pastor and said, this is what the, the Lord is, has shared with me. And the way that our senior pastor always led us was that he was going to mentor me to the highest level of ministry uh, that he could. And so even though I, at that point, I hadn't mentioned anything to him, he was still mentoring me to take a senior pastor, yeah. a leadership role somewhere. Yeah. Not at, not at crossroads, sure. but like, hey, I'm going to help you along this journey and I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the tools that you need so that you'll be successful wherever yeah. you go. And I, I see that now, like, um, so many times in so many different situations, I'm successful yeah. because of, of that learning those things throughout my time in ministry and not having to play catch up when I stepped into this role. Yeah. Well, and to acknowledge one, this is the kind of person you are, which I love, but like that, the, the giving honor where honors do, you, you know, it's a pastor Terry and, and the people that you've had in your life that have played that significant role of leadership and mentorship. Um, that's not always a, hey, that doesn't always, it's not always there. You don't always have a leader or a pastor who has that kind of heart or that kind of mm-hmm. humility and security to be able to have that investment, recognizing in essence, what he's doing is, you know, potentially risking his, opportunity or whatever but he he knew where he was at but it also takes um the humility and the teachability and coachability and patience and long suffering of a person like yourself to be able to receive that kind of thing to pursue yeah. it and receive it which i think is i think it's more uncommon in in our world that 
that there's there's it, it takes both sides of that. It takes somebody who sees the opportunity to go, he can mentor me. And even if it means I don't get whatever I think I want now or the opportunity or the title, or I practically have to do things that I don't necessarily want to do, there's something about that kind of patience inability to like let that process run its course that I think you you demonstrated really well and I'd love for you to speak to that for a second because there could be people that um obviously there's health and unhealth on the spectrum with everything right there's unhealthy versions of what I just described and then there's there's healthy um but if you were to like encourage a maybe even a younger pastor younger leader that's that's in that kind of space where they're like there's definitely a stirring of of a higher level of leadership on their life or call senior mm-hmm. pastor or whatever. But w- the opportunity they have right now isn't that door. Yeah. What, what would you say? How would you encourage somebody in that space that might be like on either the front end of that or middle or, I mean, just how did you navigate that without being like unhealthy and missing the journey of what God wanted to do in and through you? I think that was it. I didn't want to miss the journey. Like I, I knew that there was um, a journey that was going to take place. I knew for sure that uh, in that season, I was not ready. And I think there's a lot of like tendency, uh, maybe in culture today, to, to jump into something um, well before you're, you're ready. Yep. And I think in the, even in the, it's not just the church world, but even in like the, the business world as well, is that we are, we, we tend to, elevate people to positions I think well before they're ready to take them sure based on like maturity and not to say like oh I'm I was well seasoned or or whatever is I I was I was super mature at at 30 to become a senior pastor that's that's not what I'm saying at all um but um we tend to elevate based on like charisma and personality and things like that sometimes more than like character. Right. And so for me, it was like, how do I build my character to be ready and my maturity to be, to be ready when the time is. And for us, like I, we jumped into the role a lot sooner than I anticipated that we, we would like, I was, I was playing the long game of like, I want to be ready when I'm 35, 40 years old to step into senior leadership of a church. Um, And that came a lot, a lot sooner. Um, yeah. we anticipated it was the Lord's timing. It was right. But, um, th- you have to be content where you are. Like if, if you're not content where you are, um, me hearing the word, like from the Lord, senior pastor, didn't make me in con- like not content being a youth pastor. That's good. I still like, I, I and I would encourage anybody, like I, I took the opportunity in my role as a youth pastor to sharpen my preaching, to sharpen my study and to say, I have an opportunity with this small flock of people to become a good leader, a good pastor, to become a good preacher. And so I, I, I preached as much as I could preach and teach the word on Sunday night youth because it was sharpening my preaching ability so that when I stepped into the pulpit Sunday morning, I was preparing every Sunday night up to that point. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like, uh, enjoy where you are. The Lord has you and in a, a point for a purpose. I think about Joseph and yeah, who every little thing that Joseph went through made him the quality of man that could lead Egypt when he was leading Egypt. Right. 
And like, and so right. could Joseph see it in that season? Well, probably not, but he was humble in that season. And, uh, and he allowed the Lord to work in that season. Yeah. And so like being content where you are, because you don't know when, like for Joseph and here, here I might go preaching a little bit, right? <laughs> you don't know when, when your time's going to come and, and you're literally in one day going to go from the dungeon to second in command, really having all authority. And so like, you just don't know when that is. So be ready. Your character, Joseph cared about his character and the quality person that he was in the dungeon. Yep. So that he was the type of man that God could use second in command of Egypt. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what it, when I look around, I, I had a similar uh, conversation moment when, when Wes Wimberly was on the podcast as somebody else in ministry, close friend, et cetera, in youth ministry still in this, in this moment. But that idea of uh, looking around me at the late 20 year old Aaron's, that are there or not there in the church and in ministry. Um, it, there's a sense, whether late 20s, mid 20s, early 20s, right? I'm looking around and it feels like they're not there or there's not as many there as maybe there have been in previous sure. seasons. And so one of the things that I, causes a concern to a degree in me is or maybe what i maybe what i'm seeing happen in the church now to some degree i th- and i think there's ha- there's stuff happening in the next generation absolutely absolutely like there's amazing beautiful things happening but by and large it's it seems like it's a smaller amount we're kind of like, where where are where are younger men and women that are like man god's called me and and i want to i want to put myself and position myself into a season of development growth yeah. process right it seems like there's just not as many there lined up ready to go well, what I will say I'm seeing in our church and I think I'm seeing around capital C church is that there are, there are uh, more and more men and women in later seasons of their life that have experienced some career or some season that they, it was good or it was great, or maybe it wasn't, but they're now they're like late thirties, early forties, mid forties, early fifties. And they're, they're coming into a place where they're like feeling more and more of a call to step into the world of vocational ministry or more intentional ministry and that process of development for them is still needed mm-hmm. but they've experienced what it means to to be at the top or other places and they don't have this young like I could be humble because I'm young thing they have like a, I was just leading a, a company before this but now I'm feeling called to you know how do you navigate and maybe you maybe you haven't experienced that as much as as I have but I I recognize that it seems like God is doing more in even some of the older generation and bringing them into a ministry focus or or pursuit and that that development season of like the character development side the the willingness to say like I don't need the pulpit yeah I don't have to be on the platform I don't have to have the title um I think it can be challenging when people are coming from different seasons and that it's not just the, the younger generation. Have you seen any of that in the church since you've been in there? Or has that been something that for your context, isn't, isn't as applicable or as relevant? Um, like, do you have a bunch of young people like 
like do you feel or not just what, what's that world are they are they knocking like on the door like i'm ready to be a a, a pastor or or do you see a gap are you having any mid mid-aged or older people being like hey like i think i'm called to be a pastor um i i would say it's kind of hard to say like right right now i think the next season will be more telling sure um only because in the in the church world uh we're kind of coming into i think a season at least for for our our church what i what i've seen of um in a way like we have a new church than what was two years ago right and not because of our transition i would say um COVID in a way did a lot of that. We, we watched um, plenty of people leave, but a whole wave of new people come in. And so we're just kind of feeling, I guess we're feeling out that new uh, flow of, of people who are in, in our church. I would say that I do see a decent amount of people who have um, maybe they're like right in their thirties to forties to who um, are starting to kind of feel like that call to, you know, get serious and say like, this is ministry, if you will, um, prioritizing the things that they do for the Lord. Yeah. That's a good like, way to say it. Cause, and, and some of that is, is within, within business. Totally. But also like each one of us, whether I'm in business or I'm in vocational ministry, we have a ministry. And so seeing more people start to say, I'm going to prioritize my ministry and then starting to say, okay, what does that look like? What is my ministry? So I kind of see that um, as well as um, some on the young side as well. Yeah. One of the things that has been um, at times a sharpening thing for me from you is the you when when you i mean your your convictions and this is part of how your character is is what it is when you when you are you have a conviction about something you're not easily swayed from that conviction and again positive attribute very very much so (laughs) um but there's what i one of the things i love and appreciate about our friendship is that there that doesn't go away with me in our friendship like you you um have a, a comfort level and i think we have a relationship in a, a security in our identity in, in the Lord and of itself for you to be like, Hey, I, you know, that, I don't think that that's right. <laughs> or like, I think that could be done differently that I recognize as well. Like that I've, I've really appreciated the sharpening and the challenge to even some of my opinions or thoughts, whatever, uh, over the years in our sauna talks or, um, you know, just different places and spaces we've had conversations in one of those. I, I just, I think it's, one of the things that we've been talking about recently that I think has one challenged me, but, but also one that I, I think is a conversation around ministry in the church at, at large is how there are different parts of the body that we see biblically make up the, the church, mm-hmm. different, different operations, different functions of the body that work together um, with Jesus as the head, Christ as the head, that we're seeing um, demonstrated within the body and, and yet, um, learning how to find those places where we can embrace those differences for the Mm -hmm. effectiveness of call we have in our own lives and the context that we're called to reach, but also, um, not missing 
a, a thing like that the spirit of God may be wanting to do. I'll give you an example of kind of what I'm talking about. Awesome. I love that. This gives, this will go back even farther um, to earlier this year um, where there was a, um, you had brought like a, a scent. There was, there was just some stuff going on within like um, the larger church and you know, our denomination of Foursquare and our churches and some things, there were some things like kind of just, you know, being kind of stirred up and some, some churning happening. And it was beginning to press some, some things. And one of those things being pressed was like that there, there was a, a, a need for a greater pursuit of the spirit of God yeah. and the, the gifts of the spirit and the move of God in our churches and our services, et cetera. And, yeah. um, so that, that was part of the conversation, right? So that's the kind of frame it. And, um, I just, I, without getting into a ton of detail about the conversation, what came out of it was you and I, and, and Josh was actually part of that too for a while of that conversation. We're going kind of back and forth, back and forth, just around the balance and the health of, of what that meant in our churches and how we've mm-hmm. seen unhealth of like, you know, just different things about the spirit of God and the gifts and like people's over pursuit of the, just the, the physical demonstration of it versus the heart of what God wanted to do. And, and, I'll never forget you ended up coming. In fact, it was, it was a day I was recording a podcast in here, um, early in the year. And you came back because we had, we had to leave from the conversation we had. It was a little, little bit more tension filled, a little heated. There's some tension. Yeah. But you, but you know, you cared about the relationship. You cared about me in, in wanting to, to continue to, to make sure we were good. And, and came back, we continued that conversation where, where I'm getting, where we landed was this idea that like, um, you were feeling like there might be something bigger that the spirit of God is wanting to do within our, within the church in the the Pacific Northwest, like like Thurston County. And like, we don't want to miss that. So although Chase, some of your opinions might be there, like let's be careful. We aren't missing a prophetic thing of God wanting to do in and through our churches right now that, that maybe he wants to do. And that, um, that was something that really challenged me. And, and really did, I mean, end up actually contributing to a pretty big catalyst to me investigating that more mm-hmm. and ultimately discovering like that God does really want more yeah. of his spirit in my church, like, in our yeah. services, like more space for him to do something outside maybe of what I had predetermined we should do. And, um, and so I, 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 that, but that came because that came on the other side of friction, you know, that came on the other side of challenge. And, um, I, I don't. I wish that more pastors, I wish that more Christians, but I wish that more pastors in ministry had relationships like that where they had people that could go challenge some of those things, but still be willing to come back when there seems to be like um, relation, some relational heat to make sure things are good, but not move on their conviction. Um, yeah. Because it, I think we need more of that in those relationships within the churches because it, it helps push me helps push us to be who God's called us to be. Um, can you talk about the, the, the sense of like your unique call? We just had a recent conversation about this. You feel like there's a unique call God has put on your heart in your life when it comes to the kind of pastor, yeah, preacher, yeah, uh, et cetera. And, and how that, even in that, I'll share more about that, but like for you, uh, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so I would, um, and just to be encouragement for, I guess, anyone uh, listening, uh, is to 
so like for for me and this is what i lead our our staff in um it, uh, it's something that i've been led in and continue to lead our staff in but um we're wa- walking through like licensing and stuff like that with yeah. a few of our staff members um and part of that is that as some as you're stepping into ministry that i'm going to step into like right now i'm in a senior pastor assignment right that's my that's my assignment but right. that's not my calling right okay and so differentiating between assignment versus like what is my the the lord has a calling on my life it's a lifelong calling it's irrevocable right um and understanding what is the, the specific ministry if you will or the specific things that god has placed in me um about my calling like what has he called me to do with yeah. my life the whole the whole thing of my life from beginning to end what was he called me to do yeah and i think in order to um be able to to navigate through assignments we have to be have some foundation of our our personal calling because it will help it'll help in the moments where i said maybe i should go start a coffee shop or outdoors ministry right but i can come back to going no that's not what god's called me to do god hasn't that's that's not always called me to do so early on in ministry uh, sitting down and seeking the lord and saying lord not an assignment but what have you called me to do it's the personal thing that you've called me to do and it will be the thing that influences every ministry that i do every assignment right, right. the conversations that we have um will will come out of this because it's my foundation um so for me um, the Lord has, has called me for my lifetime to preach and teach his word, like to be, I mean, a, a student of his word and to, to elevate his word as high as he's elevated it. He said, it's a one thing I put above my own name. Um, and so to, to keep that, to yeah. preach and teach God's word. And then secondarily with my life, he's called me to lead leaders. So to, to raise and lead leaders. So everything I do from from this point on, whether I'm in a senior pastor role, assignment, or or something else, it's to preach and teach God's word and to to lead leaders. Yeah. So I'm gonna look at everything through that that lens. That yeah. lens. Yeah. And so when I do ministry, um, like at, at crossroads within our church, uh, our highest core value for our church is God's word. And so between that and my specific calling, I feel like God's called me to preach and teach his word. Um, I have to, I've, I'm always looking every time I get in the pulpit, am I preaching and teaching God's word? Yeah. Not my opinion, not what I want to happen in the church, but am I, am I looking at the scripture and saying, God, what are you revealing to us in teaching his word today? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hope that answers. That no, question. it does. And it's just really good. You know, I think we do live in a world where um, the churches across the board, you can't say that is true about them across the board, all of them across yeah. the board. There's some great churches out there who that is. Uh, that, that piece is a very central part of what they do. But a lot of them maybe have have strayed from that core value or value in the way that it needs to be. Um, and then take another layer to that, I guess, younger ministers having that same value, um, it, it seems even more rare. And so, like, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, I, I, I applaud and admire it and I'm challenged by it. You know, I think that 
your church is blessed to have a pastor and a leader who is committed to the word of God like that for his own life. And then for the ministry that he's leading, because it, it, I think it creates such a trustworthiness and credibility, mm-hmm. um, in them with you that they're going to be led to the source every time. And I think that's what people need more and more and more is like, just like you said, less of our own opinions, our own perspectives and more to helping people learn how to look at the things in their life through the lens of God's word first. Yeah. Um, before they interpret it through their own lens of experience or their own lens of opinion and perspective from whatever they're getting it from. Um, okay. So health for you, your family, your marriage, how like I feel as a younger pastor, I don't think it matters age. I think pastors feel it across the landscape of age, but like it definitely feels, it feels like it as a younger pastor with a younger family Mm -hmm. in a learning role of leading a church and what that looks like to figure out how to really find those healthy rhythms in order to sustain what we're doing, how we're doing it in our assignment longer than just the 18 months to two years or whatever. Yeah. When when you take a step back and you think about it, and again, you, you've come in from kind of from the inside out, like you've come from an environment of a family that's, you know, been, been around the church and ministry world. You've been in ministry before this role. And so you've had a lot of opportunity to burn out. You know, you've had a lot of opportunity to see burnout. You've had a lot of a lot of opportunity to see the good, the bad, the ugly of the ins and outs of ministry and leadership, etc. And you probably have and experienced some of it yourself. And yet here you are, saying yes to the assignment that God's called you to step into to lead a church in a full time senior leadership vocational ministry role with a young family. And how do you how do you stay healthy or how have you found yourself pursuing those guardrails and boundaries in your life within your marriage and your family to to be healthy and not become another statistic of family breakdown within ministry or burnout or moral failure etc yeah. which we're seeing have seen and i think continue to see at an alarming rate because um, i know you care about that mm-hmm. what does that look like for you um i think there's a unique balance that has to take place um one i don't ever want to be in a big church yeah like that's just me i just i just don't want the 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 pressure of that if you will uh who knows now god's probably gonna call me to a big church because i said that um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- there's balance to it uh my wife is on staff right um so I sometimes get irritated at the people who are like, don't take work home with you. And I, I get that, but like our lives are our church. Like we're constantly like talking church, sitting in a hot tub, talking church, talking things like that. But for us, we're processing through those things and we're, we're doing that together. Um, so like, I don't see that as an unhealthy thing because we're processing it. And sometimes I need to process it outside of the doors of the church. Right. Um, but one thing that I will say that I'm like bent on is my kids loving Jesus and loving the church still and not resenting that their dad was a pastor and that mom was a pastor. Right. That's like, if I could look at like the, the, the future of our, our family and have one goal, 
that's like my, my goal is that my kids love Jesus and they don't resent that they were in ministry. And so I'm constantly thinking about that when we do things, because my kids as pastors, kids, um, and we homeschool. And so that's a whole nother dynamic, but like they sacrifice a ton and it's a sacrifice on our family. And so I appreciate like, you know, we were at, at a, a Foursquare conference this week and they had a little bit of an emphasis of recognizing the sacrifice that takes place, not just on a pastor, but also on, on the family. Yeah, right? right. So we took our, I, I always want them to see ministry as a good thing and a, a thing that we do together. So we've always said we do ministry together. This isn't dad doing ministry and, and dad's job that sucks him away from our family. Right. Um, and in all reality, I have a balance in my life. Um, I don't like, I don't have a clock in clock out. Um, I don't ask that of our, our staff either, because I don't want to do something that I'm asking the staff to do. And I don't do. Right. Um, and so there's, there's days last Friday, we just decided as a family, um, literally at at nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday, uh, I still had some some work to do before Sunday, but we went to the RV show. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. My kids are going to enjoy um, my flexibility sometimes. Yeah. So, and I try to balance. Like, we do a ton of stuff in, in the evenings because we don't have a big paid staff. So, a lot of our staff works um, jobs outside of the church. So, we meet with them uh, when they're available. Yeah. So uh, there are weeks where we have meetings every single night of the week. On those, I stay home and I try to have breakfast with my family. Like those, those type of, of, of balances. But um, the, I, think, I think it's Proverbs chapter 1. I'm only going to say this, I'm pretty sure. Um, because we do a proverb of the day every week at yeah. Crossroads. So uh, last week was Sunday the 1st. I'm pretty sure it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I quoted this proverb. Um, but it, it talks about um, wisdom, um, it, it, correlating wisdom to how sweet honey is. And yeah. eat a spoonful of honey because that's what wisdom is to the soul. And that's not the only time that the, you know, the, the Hebrews would... Um, use honey like that. Uh, it was kind of common to see that a family would give their kids honey every Sabbath to teach their kids that the Sabbath is sweet. Yeah. And and same with with that. So I want to teach my kids that church is sweet and it's good and it has a benefit to them. So. Uh, we just did when we went, we went to conference and we made sure that our kids have a fun time. Yeah. Uh, and I love that our denomination makes sure that our kids had a fun, they brought in a reptile person. That's awesome. They had mini golf, like all these things. And I want my kids to experience as much of that as they can so that they'll go, yeah, there are hard times in ministry, but they're really fun times. Yeah. When we go on vacation, we're going on vacation and we're going to do, we're going to have as much fun as we can because we worked hard here right. and we did it together as a family. Right. And, and we, we do that sometimes like maybe we're going to end up doing pizza and ice cream after this thing, because we all worked hard in this ministry thing as a, as a family and we're doing it. We're communicating that we're doing it together as a family, 
but there's good things on the other side of that. Yeah. There is always blessing on the other side of obedience. When, when you're obedient to God, there's always blessing on the other side. How do I teach my kids that? I want them to love ministry and not to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. And it's actually, it's one of those prayers that I pray individually, like God help me and over them almost every day out loud <laughs> because it's, uh, I think I still, I think I still work through the worry or the concern, which is anti what I preach and teach when it comes to trusting God and all that. But I, I mean, my, my, my all in all, in all honesty side of me is still, still has a, still has a, a concern that like, I'm not going to be able to do those things enough to control, which I know I can't, and that's not the point control that outcome of that desire with you, that goal of that they, they love Jesus. They still love the church. They love ministry. Um, but, but man, I definitely think there's some, there's some hope in, in that the younger pastors like you and I and others like us have the ability to, to do some things maybe even differently than we've seen done. Not that it was all done wrong or whatever, but, um, and so I just love that. I think that you just gave, some great examples of how to, to stay healthy and for your family to stay healthy in that space. Uh, and, and I just want to be a guy that is able to help support that in your life. I think that part of that happening is to have other voices, people that know you and can almost keep you accountable to that goal, you know, Mm -hmm. that are outside of your circles to go like, are you Sabbathing? Well, man, are you, are you disconnecting from those ways and, and continue to do that? Um, I know I need that because it's just easy to get just lost in all of the other demands that are there. So I respect that that's part of your pursuit and your desire. I think more and more pastors need to consider how they're doing that intentionally. Um, get a Blackstone. Yeah, come on, baby. And make pancakes. Grill. Sabbath pancakes. <laughs> Sabbath pa- pancakes and bacon. Yeah. The um, One of the biggest pieces, you know, so the the whole why of this podcast is my heart and my desire is that as the people would listen or watch in whatever capacity that they, it helps them get freed up from the things that hold them back so they can be built up into who they were made to be. I mean, we're hearing different stories of people that have overcome things they've been held back by, et cetera. Um, One of the things that I, I would be remiss to not like acknowledge and hear your heart and just even a snapshot on this con in this conversation with this episode is what I've watched from afar as many others have in your guys lives of you guys navigate health challenges in your family and not just navigate it but like um I mean walk through that world with just such a, a character with such a like um our our hope is still in Jesus through this. Yeah. Like we, I mean, you guys, I, I guess the best picture I could say is like you and Beth remained like a light, like a light that was on while you went through really dark stuff or difficult stuff where, um, Jesus shined out of who you guys were, even though things were challenging and you navigate some of those things. Um, and you know, there's lots to that, but like, I, 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 I think about Aaron Ringring and Beth Ringring, like it's hard not to have that part of your guys' story not sure. be at the top yeah. because it's not in the ministry, quote unquote, but it has very much so been a part of your but testimony. It was very tied into the ministry. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and in a season where you're trying to transition 
yeah. into this new role and they, you know to a degree like some of that's all there but like um so i just would i'd love for you to speak to that space because like all of that stuff was like kind of out of your control and yet you had to do it you had yeah. to navigate it and yeah. walk through it and love and lead well um I'll, I'll i'll speak to it a little bit so that people kind of under understand sure, a little bit more and there's a there's a degree that i w- would never have done this the same way like hindsight right sure um i can see that there was some a little bit of uh maybe unhealth if you will in some of the in in prioritizing life um that you could read into from this however like we didn't know totally um because we literally were walking in a season where um we had like what we thought was a, a good outcome and something was going to be a quick turnaround. And so we were walking through with expectation that like, Oh, uh, in a couple of days, things are, are shifting sure. back to normal. We can juggle this. And so uh, we just kept juggling in a sense that like, had we probably had better understanding, I would have like uh, taken greater time off and sure. those type of things. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, to just give some context. Um, we, um, we started a transition process into us taking over as senior pastors in March or so of the actual like transition process, uh, March of 2021. Um, and we had a whole plan where for that, that transition to take place, I started preaching more. Um, we told our, our staff and those, those kind of things. And uh, September kind of rolled around. I had been preaching um, a lot more regularly and knew that like as we came into the fall was when we were announcing to the church. And so I wanted to be fresh for that. So we took some time away, went to the beach. Um, Beth got sick Friday. I think we spent the weekend at the beach. Beth got sick Friday. We questioned whether we were going to go to the beach. We ended up going. She was sick the whole time. Um, And... Uh, went to urgent care, all the stuff when we got back and ended up, she ended up in the hospital um, getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And then within a few weeks of that, we were making decisions on them removing the entirety of her colon uh, that she would no longer uh, <laughs> have bowel function like the rest of the world. Sure. Um, and so she has, she has ostomy now. Um, like we're just completely open and honest about the, the situation of, um, like my wife's health, but we'd rather just be like open with, yeah. like, uh, I think it helps people who are walking through that, totally. you know? So we walked through that. She, um, uh, lost her cold and that was like every, you know, we were praying and praying and praying and walking through that. We were also like, that was our transition plan where we were announcing, we went away the following week. We were going to announce to the church that we were transitioning into Terry was um, stepping down and retiring from the senior pastor position and that we were, we were stepping in. And so that was our time to cast vision to where we were leading the church to. Um, so that was a, a critical time in our transition process that we had planned out for months and months. Um, and uh, not to say that that was to take precedence over my wife's health. But right. like I said, like you don't know when, when she went into the hospital, it was like, Oh, let's kind of get this. We, we think it's just this infection. We'll get you on this medication. Okay. They finally diagnose it as uh, ulcerative colitis. We'll put you on 
um, you know, these really high dose steroids, those don't work. We'll put you onto a biological type medication. Those don't work. And so after failing and failing and failing, and I would wake up in the morning and on my phone, they would, they would come into best room at the hospital. This was still COVID stuff. So I sure. couldn't even be at the hospital. Yeah. Like <laughs> one of like the, it was just a crazy thing to, to walk through. Um, so I would wake up, they'd come in at like five or six in the morning uh, and take blood panels. And by, um, seven, seven thirty, those results would be in, you know, the online charts or whatever. So I'd wake up and I'd, I'd check those. Yeah. She's on a medication where we're watching inflammation markers go down, go down, go down. And so I'm checking every single morning and then like watching it go down. And I remember waking up and it had skyrocketed back up and be like, Lord, what the heck? I thought like, I thought you were moving in this. I thought you were being faithful. We've been praying. Um, have you seen what I've sacrificed? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, th- those thoughts coming through your head. Have you seen what I've been sacrificing in this, this year, uh, the years leading up to this? Do you see what we're walking through? This isn't the time to mess around, Lord. Yeah. Um, can you do something? Um, but I think what has held us through that, you know, we, we walked through that and then, the, you know, the next year um, challenging and challenging. So she had a, major surgery recovering from that was insane um you know it was it was just it was wild she came home from the hospital and you know really was just was was bedridden and uh she was on uh iv um nutrition so she was like trying to eat but like so in such a caloric just deficit from being in the hospital and um, IV nutrition. And so I literally like was hooking up to IVs, uh, twice a day, uh, walking through that. Just, it was just wild. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna share one fun story. Yeah. Do it. If we're not taking up too much no, time. You're good. Uh, I, I, the only thing that I know of IVs is based on like television. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. So like, uh, the idea of like bubbles in the, in the IV line and like, that's a no-no right like that's like if you get a bubble into like your bloodstream and heart like uh, like you're dead so i remember uh beth was like on the phone with with somebody um just chatting and i'm i'm hooking up her her iv and in the line is this like bubble like this big and i'm like i'm watching it slowly pump towards and i'm just like freaking out like <laughs> like legit i freaked out about it and didn't know what like what yeah. to do so like I, I, I stopped the pump, I call the people, get on the line with them and the lady's like, how big is it? And Beth is like, she's watching it too. And she's like, not freaked out at all. And I'm just like losing it. And so like, I'm on the phone with like the, the IV nutrition people and the lady's like, how big is it? I'm like, is, she goes, is it less than an inch long? I'm like, inch long? That's a ginormous air bubble. <laughs> and I mean, like, what do you mean less than an inch long? Like, yeah, it is. It's much smaller. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? It's fine. Could somebody not have told me this? Yeah. Like I had it oh gosh. She goes, yeah, you can like flick them a little bit and it'll disperse. <laughs> She's like, yeah, the, your, your heart oh. just takes care of those kind of things. I'm like, are you joking right now? <laughs> so that was the, that. The, the, the TV shows and the movies of betrayed. It's, yeah, it's, it's all, all, all lie. It's all dramatic. Oh gosh. Every nurse is probably laughing at this. Yeah. Um, so, but it was just a, it was a wild time, but, um, Here's what I knew. There's, there's, I would say two things that got us through this. And I think 
to a degree, this is where I feel like a lot of people have left the church over because they walk through hard things. This is challenging. This, this shakes your faith. Yeah. When you see God not doing things and not the way that you, you want him to do things and things aren't going the right way and you walk through suffering. But I feel like I knew my word enough and not just, I just knew the new Testament, but as I have read through the totality of scripture, yeah. I've seen the character of God yeah. and, and what does the new Testament, what does Jesus shine light onto? If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, what does that shine light onto God's character in the old Testament and all of these things? And if I, if I look at God's character and I have to have faith and I go, God's good. Yeah. doesn't matter this circumstance that I have faith that God is, he is good. Whether this world right now is good, whether the things happening around me are good, God is good because I've, I've seen his goodness. I've seen his character and yeah. I've seen other times in my life. So why is the situation different? Yeah. God is still good. Yeah. Like that was, that was what my faith had to be concreted on in that time. And then secondly, I knew like, we're going to walk out of this and I don't know how we're going to walk out of this. And right now I can't see the other side of this. Like for me, I can't tell you like Beth Wade and she was fine way earlier on with the idea of having an ostomy. Like to me, like I was like, that's the grossest thing. Like you're going to poop in a bag. Like that's going to be your life. Like, no, like I was like, no, that cannot be like, that was, that was me. I was like, absolutely not like with the doctors, like you have to do everything. Like there's no quality of life here. That was my picture. Sure. There's no quality of life here. Um, and that, but recognizing like, I, I still submitted and said, okay, this is going, we're going to walk out of this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but this is going to be a testimony yeah. of God's faithfulness, whether I see his healing in the way that I want to see his healing. Cause I had a way I wanted to see God's healing and it was with my wife having an intact colon. That was it. That didn't happen. Yeah. But I knew that I would, I was going to see his healing no matter what. And I can tell you this, like, um, the quality of life that I thought would never exist in this circumstance that we're in is immensely greater than I ever could have dreamed. And I, I bet like for us, like we've weighed the cost. There was, there was potential that, that she could have reconstructive surgery and they, they can make like a mini colon, if you will, out of the small intestine. Yeah. And we actually ended up choosing not to. She's a candidate for that, and we chose not to um, because of we felt like once she got the whole bag system down, like the quality of life has been amazing. Yeah, praise God. It's been so amazing where like, uh, you know, we, we ended up, because there's not a ton of studies, and like the doctor can only say so much. Like we reviewed every peer-reviewed article study that we possibly could on both of those type of outcomes, living life with an ostomy or with the J pouch procedure, like those type of things and settle like, this is going to be the better quality of life. And the Lord's been faithful in that. Yeah. It has been so much. We just did 
um, a three week, two and a half week road trip, all of that kind of stuff. I am so blessed by that. Yeah. Huge. What's, I mean, first of all, thank you. Thanks for your authenticity and vulnerability. And I, and I attest to that. You said like, I mean, your, your guys decision to just be more open with the story in general, like it's going to impact more people because they're, whether it's this specific situation or things similar to it, like I bet you there's there are more people that feel like they're alone in their situation yeah. than not. And yeah. so that's huge. Secondly though, Beth, what's, and this is kind of how I, I think I wrap it up because I don't, I don't know Beth as yeah. much as I've known you. And yet it's impossible not to know Beth um, through you because of the way you talk about her, yeah. the way she's impacted your life and is still impacting your life as a man, as a husband, you know, a part of your family. Um, you mentioned strength in the very beginning of the intro. Yeah. Like she's the strongest human you've ever encountered. Um, what, what's something through this process that she, she taught you or that the Lord used her to do in you as you watched her navigate? Oh, I, I mean, I think it was just like the Lord's faith. Like she, she was more solid. I feel like yeah, at points than I was about this is okay. And God's good. And God's going to be faithful yeah. through this. And healing doesn't have to come how I want it to come. Yeah. Healing doesn't have to come in the way that I, I think it, is going to God can still be good and God can still be faithful. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And she just like, I mean, she's just, there've been so many, like it, it sounds like from that surgery point on, it's been a, you know, glorious, happy. There's been so many challenges that, that we've walked through and figuring out what life looks like on this side of all of that. Um, and, you know, she's taken all of that so well. Yeah. And to watch, like, she's chosen to continue to grow in her emotional health and yeah. all of those things and not just to be a, a victim and not just to, to um, you know, um, be in that, like, woe is, is me all the time. She's not. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's such an incredible living example of the strength of a woman of God, strength of a a human of God, just a person following Jesus. But also I think that, um, that strength of, Hey, you you need to go into your room and pray and don't come out until you get a word, you know, that kind of thing too. We need more Beths, (laughs) you know, we need, we need, we need more, more spouses in general who have that kind of, like commitment and conviction and trust in the Lord to challenge their spouse towards the faithfulness of God and towards like getting on your knees and pressing into him. And so um, just, just a shout out, you know, to her and, and, and thankful for the the two of you together as a couple, your family, your, your surrendered lives and will to the Lord to be used by him for what he's called you to be used for and to, faithfully pastor a local church in Thurston County in this season, you know, I'm, I'm what a privilege to get to do that alongside of you in a different part of the County, but in a very similar call and assignment. And, um, you know, when I think about like, man, when I feel like I'm alone, the Lord often brings you to my mind and heart around the reality that I'm not like, I'm not alone. There are other men and women doing this like us yeah. and having a similar desire to want to be healthy. You know, I don't want just my kids to love Jesus more. 
uh, or to keep loving Jesus and love ministry when like they're out of the house. But like, I, I actually want to too, right? Yeah. I, I actually want to like yeah. love Jesus more and still love ministry in the church when I'm maybe done with this assignment, then, then just feel like finally I can like breathe or whatever. And, and I just see you guys pursuing that same kind of desire. So yeah. I loved, um, this week at, um, Foursquare leader conference that we got to celebrate a, a husband and wife who had been ministers for 50 years. Yeah. Like, man, that, that was just so powerful to watch a, so a room of a, a thousand pastors and leaders, just like the standing loudest, ovation loudest standing minutes. ovation. Yeah. And just that, like, I want to keep the faith. Yeah. I love Paul as he is closing out to Timothy and he's, you know, his, his last letter to Timothy. And he's like, I've kept the faith. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the future glory, yeah. but I want to, I want to get through the end of my life and through every struggle that I've gone through and so I've kept the faith. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Looking forward to future glory. Yeah. Amen. Well, bro, I love you. Thank you. Thankful. And thank you to you and your patience of the relational pursuits uh, for me, you know, yeah. <laughs> And, um, uh, just more of an inside joke there, not really a joke, but just the reality of, I'm thankful for the, the willingness to continue to pursue this over the course of time and excited for what the Lord's going to continue to to do in that for for the seasons that we're here, you know, um, whether more rounds of golf are in order, which they will be. Yeah. Um, whether we're, you know, d- duck hunting at the gym, you know, preaching, swapping pulpits, like which we need to do at some point in the near future. Um, love to have our church get uh, Aaron Ringering here in the pulpit. Um, but just thankful for you. And uh, thanks for taking the time today to share part of your story and getting to be a part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, been man. fun. Yeah. Appreciate it. For everybody listening and watching, until next time, see you later. Peace out. <laughs>